what really changed my life happened this year when I saw in the Sunday paper a full-page ad for Franklin Graham coming to the Capitol in February. And for some reason, I said, I'm going to go to that. The that that John is talking about was the Decision America tour with Franklin Graham. John is our guest on this episode of GPS, God, People, Stories. I'm Jim Kirkland. And I'm Phil Fleischman. God used the Decision America tour to shake up John's life in a couple of ways. He got serious about his faith, and he decided to run for political office. As I walk through the hills and the valleys, be my feet so I go. God. People. Stories. As we tell John's story, we're not going to use his last name or say where he lives. The reason is not only do we not want to endorse political candidates, we don't want to do anything that would even hint at an endorsement. Before we get into his decision to run for office, though, let's go back a few years when John made another big life decision. I was in my senior year and quit school and Went to boot camp and spent four years on the Coast Guard, 18 months in over Alaska, and two years in Jonesport, Maine, on a small boat station. After he got out of the Coast Guard, John became a police officer, and he did that for about three years, then decided to go to night school to study computer science. The whole time I was a police officer, I had an interest in computer programming. So when I gave that up, I said, well, now's the time to pursue that. I went to school on the GI Bill, went to night school. I got my bachelor's degree. While he was working toward that bachelor's degree, some big changes started taking place in John's heart and mind. He went from being aware of God, but not having a relationship with him, to reconsidering everything he'd ever thought about God. He says a big reason for the shift was the classes he was taking. They have philosophy, they have theology, they have all these courses. And I started really asking, well, is there a God and who is he? And how does Jesus figure into this? And the answer I eventually came up with was that there wasn't any God. And, and I remember it the day that I said it, I was standing in my office and I said, there is no God. And it just, something came right out of my chest like that. And I, I just ignored it. Ignoring that feeling didn't seem to have any negative effect on his life. John got a job in computer programming and he says he was perfectly happy. And in fact, his workplace added to that feeling of satisfaction. My manager was a friend and we were both atheists and we felt we were superior to anybody that would believe in Jesus or believe in God at all. Um, we, didn't, we didn't ridicule people. We didn't care about them. We didn't care what they thought. We knew we had the answer. So we knew we were superior beings. And we didn't, we didn't ridicule them. We just thought, well, you don't know anything. That attitude started to change a few years later, partly because of John's daughter and a pet rabbit. My three-year-old daughter had a rabbit. And she loved that rabbit. And it died, and we buried it out back. And that didn't bother me either. And while I was burying it, she looked up at me and she said, Daddy, is a rabbit in heaven? And I really wanted to say, of course not. There's no heaven. It's dead. And the way she was looking at me, she was just trying to hold back the tears, and, and I just couldn't do it. And I said, yeah, it's in heaven. And... That started a change in my feeling that I started looking again for God. Not, not right away, but over time, I started looking again. And I re read books, and um, I heard that uh, Dostoevsky, a Russian writer, that he explored this, and I read his. 
But then I discovered C.S. Lewis, and when I read Mere Christianity, I understood Christianity. And I hadn't accepted Jesus, but I understood that what, what, was, what was involved, that, that Jesus was God, and that we were supposed to believe in him to be saved. I understood that, but I hadn't made that decision. It wouldn't be long before John would make that decision, though, thanks to an old friend of his. I had worked for him my last year in high school in the summer. He ran a uh, landscaping business. And he invited me to his church and was very surprised when I said, yes, I'll go. So we went up, and the pastor at the end of the service said, is there anybody that wants to accept Jesus as their Lord? And I was not someone that wanted to do that, to be embarrassed by that. But it was such an overwhelming voice in my head to get up and go talk to him that I did. And when I came to, I was in some kind of a fog, and when I came to, my wife and kids were standing next to me. And Floss and I were baptized into that church, and our life changed. John and his family were faithful churchgoers for a number of years, until they moved to a new town in 1997. And when we moved in here, there were a lot of changes in our life. We had a, a new baby granddaughter living with us, and we just never went back to church. We never went again. And we didn't feel like we weren't, uh, we, we believed, and we just didn't feel that we really needed to, and we just never went. They pretty much stayed away from church for about 18 years. Then... What really changed my life happened this year when I saw in the Sunday paper a full-page ad for Franklin Graham coming to the Capitol in February. And I said, yeah. I don't know why I said I'm going to it, because I've got 18 years here. I work from home. I, never, I practically never leave the house. All my friends are scattered all across the country. I don't know anybody. And I practically never went anywhere. And for some reason, I said, I'm going to go to that. So I went to it. It was the coldest day we'd had so far that year. The wind was screaming. You couldn't get a parking space anywhere near the Capitol. There were cars circling around and around. It's like everyone's trying to find a parking space. Nobody could. And uh, I parked way down, a couple blocks down, and ran. I was late. I ran all the way down. Got there, thankfully, before Franklin started. Listened to his whole thing. And at the end of it, he called on people. He said, if you want to be saved, text this number. And I said, well, I'm saved, so I don't need to text that number. And then he says, are you sure you're saved? He said, if you're not sure you're saved, text this number. John really struggled with whether he should send that text or not. But he says he was compelled to do it by a voice inside, a voice that told him not to be afraid, to just do it. And he did. Later, they sent me an email saying, you should post your profession on Facebook. And I said, oh, my goodness, are you crazy? But I did it, and it was, I'm free, free. All my chains are broken, and I feel so free, I can breathe. Through his tears, John told us that he feels free to love Jesus Christ in a way he never has before. And it's because of that freedom that John was willing to do this interview with us. I would never have done this. I would never have invited you folks to be here as much as I love you. I would never have done it. And I would never have wanted anybody to hear any of this. But posting that on Facebook broke my fear. You know, they say if you face your fear, it'll go away. And it did. But more than that, 
God poured into my life. He just poured into my life. So I can tell you that public profession is the best thing you can do for yourself. And at every one of the Decision America Tour prayer rallies, Franklin Graham encouraged Christians to do just that, to boldly live out their faith in public. Something else he encouraged Christians to do was to consider running for public office. At first, John didn't think running for office was what he should do, but as the weeks went by, he had a change of heart. There's so many things that I think are unchristian about the laws that we're passing that there's a voice that's not being heard. It's all, it's all one side of this debate that we're having in the country now. So I did decide to run just to be part of that other voice. Now, John had thought about running for political office a lot of times over the years. In fact, he says every time an election rolled around, he thought about it, but never did it. This year was different, though. Honestly, I wouldn't have done it if Franklin Graham hadn't suggested it. And having him say it, that's what, that's what made me do it. That's what pushed me over the edge and gave me the uh, strength and motivation to run for office. John says his decision to run for office really stems from his decision a few months earlier to surrender his life to Jesus. When you make a decision for Christ, it, it empowers your life in some way. It's hard to explain if you've never done it. The good news, though, is that you can do it right now. You can have a personal relationship with the God of the universe. And we can tell you all about it at this website, findpeacewithgod.net. If you're already a follower of Christ, we praise God for that. And that very same website has information for you about how to grow deeper in your faith. The address again is findpeacewithgod.net. In just a minute, John's going to explain how God used a comet to help him believe in Jesus. You're listening to GPS, God, People, Stories, a podcast production of the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association. Many people have said that this is a strange election. Billy Graham. I hope that every person listening to my voice will go to the polls and exercise his or her right of franchise. And let us beseech God to have his will done at this critical hour in history. Let's ask him to speak and to show us his will in this election. The Bible plainly teaches that we are to participate in good citizenship. But as our presidential election draws near, there's an even greater decision which confronts every one of you. And that is the way you cast your vote for Jesus Christ. Repent of your sins and come to Christ while you can. The Bible says, grieve not the Spirit of God. In other words, don't turn your back on the one who loves you and gave himself for you. Don't be ashamed to cast your vote for Christ today. And now back to the hosts of GPS, Jim Kirkland and Phil Fleischman. It was back in 1972 when Billy Graham issued that challenge you just heard, and it's the same challenge his son Franklin Graham has been issuing in the months leading up to this year's election. This is the most critical election in my lifetime. Issues like religious freedom, the Supreme Court, all of these are at stake. I want to encourage you to be registered and to vote. Do it for your children, your grandchildren. Do it for yourself. We have to let the Christian voice be heard throughout our country. The church has been silent too long. It's been estimated that there are 20 to 30 million Christian evangelicals that did not vote in the last presidential election. We can't let that happen again. So please vote. I assure you, your vote does count. You can find more information about this year's election at DecisionAmericaTour.com. That's DecisionAmericaTour.com. 
It was at a Decision America Tour prayer rally where our guest on this episode of GPS, John, made the decision to surrender his life to Christ, to get more serious about his faith. Years earlier, when John was an atheist, he had had an interest in Halley's Comet. God used that interest to open John's eyes to the reality of Jesus Christ. I came to the conclusion that if I could trust the newspapers to tell me there's a Halley's Comet, why couldn't I trust people that had actually lived two or three years with Jesus, traveled around Jerusalem, Galilee, and seen the things that he did, and firsthand written them down and preached them so that other people would know? And I realized I sh- there was no reason not to believe it. We want to thank John for being our guest on this episode of GPS, God, People, Stories. And we want to thank you for listening. I'm Phil Fleischman. And I'm Jim Kirkland. Thank you indeed. GPS is an outreach of the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association. Always good news. You are the